0: Hey, this is Dr. Patty Sadala. Welcome to my Experience Jesus podcast. In this how-to episode, we're going to address how to stand on the promises of God. What are some practical ways that you can cooperate with what God has said he has done and see miraculous results? This episode is a reinforcement of many points I have made in other episodes It is inspired by the fact that I have seen God heal or promise miraculous things to so many people and then see them stop believing and revert back to believing that God didn't do it, or maybe that what he did do didn't stick, or maybe he's showing you about some time in the future and it's just not going to happen now. Even in cases where he used present tense language, and you just keep asking and praying for something he's already given you, but without faith that it will ever happen. So today we're going to talk about how to know that something is a promise from God, and how to cooperate with that promise so that you can pull it down from heaven and see it fully manifest. We're gonna talk about spiritual warfare and common schemes of the enemy and how to find victory and finally stand on the promise of God even while you wait for it to fully manifest. Okay, so how do you know it's a promise from God? Well, let's begin with knowing how to confirm something as an actual promise from God. Promises are confirmed by the word of God And from the Lord's personally showing you and telling you his will for what he's doing. We are to keep our eyes fixed on him and do only what we see and hear him doing. And when you see and hear him doing something related to your healing that is consistent with the promises in the word of God, his nature and character, then he just did it. When you experience Jesus in your special place, you will see, hear, think, and feel his will and intention for you. All experiences you have with Jesus in a special place must line up with who God says he is and what he has promised in the word of God. So, for example, he shows you something in the special place about you having a relationship with a married person That's not consistent with the Word of God, and therefore that is not Him. But if you seek His face, and you earnestly want to see Him in your special place, that's who you will encounter, and those experiences should line up with God's nature, character, and will. These experiences are real spiritual encounters. They are not figments of your imagination. So when God Himself is involved... His power accompanies it. So if you see him heal you and promise that he's taken care of, you can take that to the bank. I remember my mother being in a prayer service, and she heard God audibly say in her spirit, you are healed, my child. My mother did have the faith to believe that. And at the next doctor's appointment, the doctors were surprised that her cancer counts that were in the hundreds were at the 0.0% level. She was so healed that they could not even find the scar tissue from the surgery she had to remove her cancer. The Lord had declared her healing using present tense language, and she believed him for that. Because God is unable to lie, experiencing Something like that in your special place brings the sense of power, peace, and faith needed to believe it. The gift of faith is one of the nine manifestation gifts of the Holy Spirit. It is by God's faith and power that you are able to tap into his will and pull down the resources from heaven to fulfill his promises. Real spiritual encounters are more real than anything that can happen to you in the natural Realm. This is because spiritual truths are eternal and not limited to this earthly dimension. If you do not understand and believe and accept this, it weakens the impact of what Jesus is doing for you. Your unbelief makes God too small, and he needs you to understand and believe him. So watch your unbelief. It can be the biggest obstacle you're receiving a manifestation of God's promises for you. You are not putting faith in your ability to do things or for doctors' abilities to do things. What you're doing is putting your faith in God's ability to do these things. The next major point I want to address is to make sure you understand whose voice you're listening to or attending to. God's voice sounds like spontaneous, positive thoughts. Consistent with any name of God, character of God, or nature of God. The fruit of the spirit and the omni-truths and any compound names of God. So if it's not loving and peace and joyful and really there to help you become better and not pull you down, that's from God. God can speak through images, stories, emotions, thoughts, creative ideas, words in your spirit, music. This is God's language of the heart. Satan's voice sounds like spontaneous negative thoughts, consistent with his character and nature. He's a liar. He deceives. He tears down. He leads you away. He lowers your faith in God. Listening to this voice will lead to faith in reverse and will amplify worry and anxiety. Your own thoughts are analytical, practical, logical. Your thoughts speak the language of your head, and even though this may look like a practical list of concerns in the natural realm, remember the Lord is the one who can offer solutions, and his solutions are never limited to the natural realm. And remember that the Lord does not live in your head, he lives in your heart. So if you want to find out what he thinks about something, you need to tune into your heart and check in with the Holy Spirit, who is an omniscient God. Don't expect God to solve your problems in a certain way. God's ways are different than your ways, and your specific expectations can be a barrier to hearing from God. This is one of the enemy's strategies, is to get you thinking God's not paying attention because it's not happening the way you expect or the way you want it to happen, and especially how fast you want it to happen. The enemy uses this strategy to try to get you to take matters into your own hands and stop trusting God. Manage all your expectations about the way God's going to do this. His voice does not need to be like a booming James Earl Jones voice in your head. It's going to sound like your thoughts spontaneously only with God's nature and character. And remember, God doesn't just speak through thoughts in your mind. He speaks through many, many avenues. You can increase your sensitivity to the messages of God by giving him credit when you notice that he has sent you something spontaneously. That brilliant idea that came to you in the meeting, that was God. And make sure you thank him. Likewise, do not take credit for negative thoughts or pictures that are self-deprecating or send you backwards in your faith. Those thoughts are from the enemy, and the sooner you recognize that and rebuke them out loud, the faster they will cease. The reason you need to speak things out loud is that the enemy is not omniscient. He cannot hear your thoughts, but he can hear spoken decrees out loud. So rebuking out loud is important, and it works to get you back on track and get your eyes back on Jesus. Speak with God's authority against those negative messages and in agreement with what he has said and promised you. Let's talk now about finding the promises of God, finding the conditions of the promises, and how to know his job and your job. In other words, the role clarification, because all promises are conditional and you have a part to play, and he has a part to play. So that's really important for you to know and to know how to find your condition. So let's talk about that. To find the promises of God in the word, look for absolute words, such as will, always, forever. An absolute word has no exceptions. It's always going to be true. The minimum two conditions for every promise of the Bible is that you listen and obey what God is saying. But there are other conditions that are revealed in certain verses related to the issue or topic for which the verse is referring. To find conditions like that, look for words like if, when, or then. Let's look at an example in the Bible where you can see the promise and the conditions clearly. 2 Corinthians 7.14 If my people, who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Right off the bat, we can see the word if, which is a clue that this is a condition. Then he says, my people who are called by my name. So he's talking about believers. He's not talking about if unbelievers here. He's talking about believers. That's you and me. It's our responsibility. Will humble themselves and pray, seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Those are four conditions, four conditions. We need to humble ourselves. We need to pray. We need to seek his face, and we need to turn from our wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven that tells us that when that condition is met, that's when he steps in and does his part. And I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. So see, humility, seeking God's face, and turning from wicked ways are all additional conditions required For the promise of healing our land. Two promises, four conditions. Therefore is a word that tells me to look for the context of a promise or a command. Whenever you see the word therefore, ask God, what is that therefore? And look one to two verses before to find the context when the word therefore is present. Here's an example in Matthew 19, 67. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. What therefore God has joined together, let no man separate. He's saying that the unity of two becoming one flesh is the context for the command for no man to separate them. When God brings two people together in a covenantal relationship in marriage, No person can separate it. He's giving a command there about how to handle the sanctity of marriage. This next point I want you to notice is also true when you're receiving messages from the Lord directly. I want you to notice that sometimes conditions are communicated by God as commands, and I want you to notice that in the scripture, but I also want you to notice it In any journal conversations that you have with the Lord. As a professor, I see a lot of students who receive command language where the Lord will say something like, Come meet me in the special place now, I have something to show you. And they don't go meet him now. They figure, Oh, well, now it's not convenient. I'll I'll do that later. But what you have to realize is that the anointing moment was when he commanded it delayed obedience is disobedience. So pay attention to command language. A command is directive language. You can tell the difference when it begins the sentence, because when it's beginning the sentence, it is showing its importance and its value, and it will be a verb. Okay, so here's an example in Matthew 7, 7. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and and the door will be open to you. Ask, seek, and knock are directives that are also conditions for Him to give you what you're looking for. The word will shows up as an absolute word following each of these commands. It will be given to you, you will find it, and it will be open to you. Notice that directives are also conditions. So the Lord is showing in this verse His part and your part. You must cooperate with the Holy Spirit in these cases to receive these promises. God is unable to lie. He is a promise keeper. He is unable to deny his nature and character. He has given us free will to choose him and to choose to believe and partner with him. He will give us the conditions for all of his promises. Minimally, you listen to that and you obey what he says always ask him for additional conditions. This is important. He will tell you what they are. And do not assume that you know the conditions. God's ways are different than ours. The condition for your promise may be completely unrelated to the promise. And without you asking, you would never know that. There are many, many More conditions related to your healing than just asking for it and expecting to receive it. Conditions clarify your part that needs to be played in cooperation with this. Oftentimes, a condition for physical healing is emotional or spiritual, like you need to forgive somebody, you need to repent from something, or you might even need to remove an object in your house that you picked up that had a curse. You won't know unless you ask, so always ask. Not cooperating with your part of the promise-keeping formula, I believe, is one of the biggest reasons most people do not experience their miraculous healing or clarity and direction. This is one of the reasons why the Experience Jesus podcast and just straight up learning how to hear God clearly is so important to every believer's Christian journey. People will not ask if they don't know to ask, and they won't ask if they don't know how to have a direct connection with God. So these two things are very, very important for you to be able to walk in the power and the purposes of everything God has for you. Here's the cool thing, though. When you do your part, God has to do his part. He cannot deny himself. So if it's a promise in the Bible and you meet your conditions, he shows up. He has to. What he doesn't have to do is show up in the timing you expect him to. His timing is perfect. So that's a whole other discussion that we're going to talk about. So if you're still waiting on a promise to be fulfilled or to fully manifest a promise, one reason for the delay may be that you're not meeting conditions. If believing him for miraculous healing is one of your conditions and you allow doubt to permeate your heart, you are the one delaying the manifestation of the promise I also want you to notice something. If God says you are healed, that is a present tense statement, he has declared that he has already taken care of it and you need to catch up to that. Sometimes he will tell you that the promise is for a future time and will tell you the conditions that need to be met for that future time to come to pass. This is very common relating to a calling or a directional type promise, you must live through every lesson you need to learn for that to come to pass. He may give you a promise that you will be a missionary in a country someday and put that on your heart. That is something that is still in the future for you. He's not going to send you for that until you are completely ready and for the team of partners to be ready as well. So it's important to walk with God and not get ahead of him by moving toward a promise that he has not directed you yet to do. David was anointed as king 16 years before he stepped into that position. There were many lessons he needed to learn to prepare him for that role. So in the case of a future missionary calling, perhaps there is some time needed for you to prepare for that future And then the door will open when God says you're ready for it. Sometimes the delay is needed for God's timing to be perfect. God's timing is not your timing and his soon is not your soon. We don't know exactly how many years it took Noah to build the ark. Between the verse that commanded him to build it and when he was to enter the boat, there could have been as much as 75 years. He had to be faithful and build it one day at a time to prepare for that eventual promise. God promised him that there would be a need for it, and he obeyed God's command. Imagine being the people living in this town, watching him build that boat that was larger than a football field three stories high in the desert. You would have thought he was crazy, too. As we know, God kept that promise. Your answered prayers are not just about you. There are other people that need to be ready and will be impacted by what God does when he answers your prayers miraculously. I know a lot of people who have received prophecies that they would write books for God, and many will share that it's been 20 years and they never wrote a book, as if it's something that God would just hit them with one day. And it would just manifest as a book that just appears in their hands. If God wants you to write a book, you need to ask him questions like, What do you want to say through me, Lord? And what step do I need to take to move toward that promise? If the timing is not now for you to start writing that book, he'll tell you that. If your story is anything like mine, you're probably writing it without even realizing it by your life story. God will bring to mind the things you've experienced or written in the past, and he pulls it all together, and then there's a book. But the point is, you must cooperate with him. God will reinforce that message through people over and over, and it's more confirmation that that's God's will for you to do. But you need to ask him what's your part, what step do you need to take to move toward that future? Let's really take some time right now to talk about the biggest challenge of all the waiting season. How do you stand on the promises of God while you wait for the full manifestation of the promise? The greatest challenge and tip to standing on God's promises is to keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. Satan will always, always. Try to rob you of every promise of God. Promises of God are connected to kingdom impact and your purpose. If the enemy can't keep you from heaven, he can keep you from bringing heaven down to earth by having you keep your eyes fixed on limitations, sickness, difficult circumstances, pain symptoms, diagnoses, financial hardships, anything as long as you're not fixing your eyes on Jesus. Everything is a test. The sooner you realize that everything is a test, every challenge, every delay, every negative thing spoken into your circumstance is a test and a challenge for you to fix your eyes back on Jesus and not on your circumstances or on the world. The quicker you pass that test, the closer you move toward manifesting your promise. If Jesus said it and you've experienced it with him, it's spiritually true. Remember, it is the truth plus God's power from heaven that sets you free. The enemy's lies and limiting beliefs keep you in bondage. The meaning you attach to symptoms or circumstances or challenges as they relate in some way contradicting what God has told you The promises is so critical. If the Lord says you are healed, present tense, no matter what you feel in your body, or what the doctors say, or what challenges come your way, you need to stand on what God said. Your body needs to catch up to the truth of what God spoke over you at the cellular level. And managing your expectations is so key. If you expect Just like in the Bible, where the lame man who has never walked just stands up and jumps around, which God can do if the only condition is met, that the guy asks for that prayer or whatever, if that's his only condition, God can absolutely do that. But he doesn't always do that, because sometimes the challenge is for you to have faith for it. Sometimes that's not a condition, and God will just heal somebody without any other They're just 100% at full strength and energy. But that is not always how God does it. And if your challenge is that you need to learn how to believe him for it day after day until your body catches up to it at a cellular level, then that's a test that you need to continually pass. You need to say, nope, I saw him. He said it. I felt it. It happened. And the more you say that, the less the enemy will try to get you where he got you in the past. It's all about what is your condition and you need to meet it. This is related to healing. It's related to getting direction from the Lord about where you're supposed to go or do. It's about walking away from a sinful situation. It's about stopping an addiction. Everything is about what did God say? How do I agree with it? And what's my part and how do I cooperate with it? That's how it works. That is exactly how to pull down the manifestation of God's promises from heaven. Keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. The power is in Jesus, not in the natural realm. When a doctor says something is impossible, Jesus said that it isn't. Keep your eyes fixed on that message and do not let anything in the natural give you a spirit of unbelief and walk away from what he's promised you. What you fix your eyes on grows within you. So if you fix your eyes on natural limitations, God shrinks in your mind. God is not made bigger or smaller in reality based on how your life is going for you. He is the Omni-God who's all-knowing, all-powerful, ever-present, and omnibenevolent. Nothing you see or experience in the natural can compete with what God says is true. The sooner you understand and anchor yourself, the faster you will receive the full manifestation of his promises. One way to work on that is ask God for the gift of faith. The gift of faith is one of the nine manifestation gifts of the Holy Spirit. And when you ask for it, it gives you an infusion of faith for the circumstance that you need to believe god for in that moment if you pray for the gift of faith an increase of the gift of faith for 30 days every day over and over and over again you will begin to see faith rise in your body in your heart in your spirit and it's one great intervention that everybody could use i wanted to give jesus the last word here before we go into our experience jesus encounter This is a message that the Lord gave me to send to someone who is struggling to hang on to a miraculous healing that the Lord worked out with this person in a very clear, powerful encounter witnessed by five or six of us. This person could see and feel Jesus healing her and in that moment believed it with all her heart. And then days and weeks later, she had fallen prey the satan's trap that it hadn't happened it wasn't enough this case is so familiar and it grieved me so much that i sought god for a message that he could send to her through me this episode was inspired by her story because her story is too common and i see it all the time but i wanted you to hear what jesus said to her he said my beloved child You asked me to heal you, and you believed me when you saw me take care of it with you. Why are you now agreeing with the enemy and confessing that agreement? Am I a liar that I would show you healing and not bring the power enough to manifest it? Remember, my dear child, the enemy sees you as you see you. If you believe you still have this disease, the enemy will surely make you feel like you still do. Every symptom that I allow you is a test. My beloved, you have a choice. Will you believe the symptoms you feel in your body are your former illness and empower the enemy to re-ensnare you? Or will you believe what you experienced with me and what I have said and done for you is true? If you want to live symptom-free, you must stand for me and stand for your healing. Confess and repent for believing the enemy's lies because of your body's present limitations. Turn back and fix your eyes on only me and my promises. I have so much more for you than having your focus on your physical limitations, and I love you too much, my child, to leave you in that state. Seek my face today and spend time with me. Let me show you how you can believe and stand on the truth Of what I've already done for you, believe me and be satisfied, the great physician. Could you hear his heartbreak in that letter? God wants to be believed, and he wants to bring you your promises. You just need to figure out how to allow him to. Before we dive into our encounter today, I wanted to take a moment to ask you for a blessing. If you have learned some new things and have drawn closer to God by this podcast, Please pray for the Lord to multiply it and allow the Lord to pop a few names into your spirit for whom you could share this podcast with. Simply text or email them the link to the pattyej.podbean.com site and let them know why you've been blessed by it. And please check out my books, journals, and downloadable resources at pattysadalacom shop. And remember the code EJPOD This is a starting point for all of our experiences with Jesus. For best results, it is always good to properly posture your heart for your experience by welcoming Jesus' presence with praise and thanksgiving and playing with him in a special place as a child for a few minutes before asking for anything from him. After you have spent some time properly posturing your heart, go to your special place and ask the Lord, What am I waiting on you for? That you're actually waiting on me so that you can give me the promises of my heart. And Lord, what are the conditions for me to receive that promise? What are my steps that I need to take? And what's the step I need to take today to begin to stand on a promise you've already given me or to move in the direction of this promise? Take all the time you need and make sure you record everything in your journal. Well, I hope you learned something today about how to stand on the promises of God and how you can better partner with God to bring down some miraculous promises that he has for you so that you can live the life that he has designed for you to live without limitations from the world. This is an important kingdom season, and the Lord needs the entire team in full, healthy, ready-to-go, yes and amen condition.